News, laws, and regulations are changing by the day. We get it. And at ADP, we're here to help guide you with up-to-the-minute compliance expertise so you can pay your people accurately and on time, regardless of what each new day may bring. Learn more at ADP.com. Coming up, the long road back to the way it used to be, or at least something like it. We can begin the next front in our war, which we're calling opening up America again. We'll take a close look at the administration's new guidelines on the controversial question of when to restart businesses. Also, watching the daily count grow. These are the numbers that governments use to decide whether to lock down their economies. We'll look at where those numbers come from. It's Friday, April 17th. I'm Mark Garrison with The Wall Street Journal, and this is What's News. U.S. coronavirus deaths on Thursday hit a level that's twice the previous one-day record, with more than 4,500 people dying in America. Chinese state media say Wuhan's COVID-19 death toll is 50 percent higher than previously thought. State media report that the undercount was because some people died at home and some hospitals were initially too overwhelmed to fully report data. Many U.S. governors have extended lockdown orders. New York, Wisconsin, and Missouri are all extending stay-at-home measures. Overseas, the U.K. government is adding another three weeks to its national lockdown. Though some European countries are starting to slowly loosen restrictions, most notably Germany. The U.S. Navy says a group of 11 Iranian gunboats harassed American ships in the Persian Gulf. At one point, they were just 10 yards away. Later, Iran's foreign minister retweeted an earlier message questioning the American naval presence in the area. Right after this, new developments in the debate over how America should get back to business. President Trump has rolled out new guidelines for restarting the economy. My administration is issuing new federal guidelines that will allow governors to take a phased and deliberate approach to reopening their individual states. Journal White House correspondent Mike Bender talked with our Charlie Turner on just how that might work. Those decisions are really going to come from the states. But, but what, from what it sounds like, what we'll see is some states that haven't been hit as hard by the virus could start to reopen a little bit here. Other states, you know, in the northeast and maybe in the southeast will be slower and there'll be a, a, a difference in what we're used to. Maybe restaurants will have fewer tables. Maybe there'll be fewer seats available at ballparks and concerts and things like that. And shopping experiences might be a little different. Uh, you know, a few people allowed in at a time instead of just a, you know, the, the normal open door nine to five policy. And this is a three-phased approach to reopen, right? Yeah, that's right. We're, we're in phase one now, which is more or less a complete shutdown. And what, what Trump and uh, his team are talking about is what phase two might look like uh, and how to sort of slowly reopen, you know, while protecting the most vulnerable populations. It sounds like the restrictions are going to remain in place for quite a while for, you know, nursing homes, those kinds of facilities and uh, you know, the most vulnerable populations. But otherwise, it'll be up to the governors to start making some decisions on where to reopen, when to bring kids back into school, that sort of thing. And then phase three will be at some future point, kind of what we what we were used to at the start of this year. Um, it just is sort of normal life is what everyone's trying to get back to. Mike, Thursday's presidential news conference was sort of the culmination of a topsy-turvy week, wasn't it? 
Yeah, it's this story just generally has been a real roller coaster, right? I mean, every few days it seems like there are there's there's news on this virus, what it looks like, who it can affect, what the symptoms look like, how the how people can be cared for, and you know, covering it from inside the White House has been even you know bigger uh, peaks and valleys here, and this week is no different. I mean, President Trump came out and told reporters on Monday in no uncertain terms that this was his decision on when to reopen the economy and that uh, he would and could uh, overrule any state governors. It was a uh, an assertion of this absolute power and authority that no one really quite agreed with, including conservatives within his own party. And here we are at the end of the week, and Trump is putting this decision squarely in the hands and in the laps of the governors. And what to that tells me is that um, – is that is that President Trump is positioning himself here to let the governors make the tough decisions on this. Wall Street Journal White House reporter Mike Bender. Thanks a lot, Mike. Thank you very much. New data from China show just how deep the pandemic's economic damage is. Our reporter David Hodari explains. China's economy shrank 6.8% in the first quarter of 2020, compared with the same quarter a year earlier. And that's the first time China's GDP has contracted at all since Beijing started keeping figures in 1992. Some economists say that it's the largest contraction that the Chinese economy has seen since the 1970s when Mao Zedong died. That drop of 6.8% in the first quarter It's actually quite a bit gentler than the 8.3% average forecast that was given by uh, a group of economists polled by the Wall Street Journal. Shares in Gilead Sciences were up more than 16% after a report that one of its experimental drugs may be performing well in clinical trials of COVID-19 patients. The health news site STAT reported that a Chicago doctor said most patients who got the treatment as part of Gilead's trial were discharged. As potentially hopeful as that may be, keep in mind that is far from a final clinical trial result. Analysts caution that the drug is unlikely to be a significant financial driver for the company. After a very short break inside the coronavirus numbers that drive our perceptions and our politicians' policies. A payroll and HR company needs to be prepared for whatever is going to happen. You could say that over 70 years of experience helping businesses all over the world run smoothly is good preparation. But for ADP, that's not enough. To make sure millions of people are getting paid on time and in compliance, we're staying on top of each new piece of legislation. So when it comes down to it, ADP isn't just a payroll and HR company. We're the company that helps you navigate the complexities. ADP, HR talent, time, benefits, and payroll. Informed by data and designed for people. Today on this podcast and throughout our coverage, we've come across a lot of numbers tracking the pandemic. The latest news is about the doubling of daily American coronavirus deaths and how deaths in Wuhan were far higher than previously reported. We track these numbers carefully because the stakes are critically high. Here's our numbers columnist, Joe Craven-McGinty. These are the numbers that governments use to decide whether to lock down their economies. Uh, They'll play a role in whether to open up economies. But it's, the, it's how we know how bad the pandemic is, how fast it's uh, traveling around the globe, and when we're starting to get it under control. 
Joe's latest piece looks at why the numbers vary across sources. Organizations that are keeping official counts, like Johns Hopkins and the WHO, have a pretty tough job. They have to crunch numbers from different countries with different standards of reporting. And there are all kinds of things that can throw the numbers off. When we noticed double counting of some French data, we let Johns Hopkins know, and they removed around 30,000 cases. Joe's column is up now, and it's worth a look if you really want to understand what's behind these numbers you're hearing in the news every day. And that's what's news for this morning. If you like our show, Please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We're back with another updated podcast this evening, and there's always more on WSJ.com and our app. I'm Mark Garrison with The Wall Street Journal. Thanks for listening.